Hey everyone, welcome back to Launch Codes Football. My name is Chris. And I'm Chelsea. And today we are in episode 23. It is the first week of the season starting this week. Let's Get go! Hype. Man, it feels like it's been, well, it feels like it's been forever, but it's been what, five months now? doesn't it feels much longer than that and also we just want to start off by apologizing for not having an episode last week because chelsea was dying um last week but not covid related just you know just just dying yeah just the worst cold of my life bro it was terrible also am i gonna i would have come on here like hey guys this is chelsea it would not have been pretty so that's fair am i also am i gonna get demonetized now for saying the the disease word uh maybe i hope I not well i guess we're making we'll so much money off of this that's right no we we do it for the show not the money right right all right well today we've got a couple topics and then today we're also bringing back the weekly predictions from both of us for who we think will win each game so oh that was I a think- good time last year you know considering i won moving on with that um <laughs> All right. So the first topic wanted to talk about this week is Cowboys and Bucks first game of the year. Of course, Tom Brady shows his face in a in the first game of the NFL season. Naturally, the NFL to have it no other way. uh, That's right. But Cowboys and Bucks. So the big news of this game is while it is the first game of the season, Zach Martin, one of the big time offensive linemen for the Dallas Cowboys, has been ruled out due to COVID. He has been vaccinated. And if this was a Sunday game, he might actually be able to come back for it. But he got tested positive. And since the game is on Thursday, you guys are hearing this on Thursday morning, it will he will be out. And that I think that stings for the Cowboys. Chelsea, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's an argument that some people have been making that Zach Martin is the best player on the Cowboys, which is really saying something considering they have the likes of CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and, you know, all of the big names that the Cowboys have to say that a lineman is, you know, arguably their best player. I mean, I think that the argument carries merit for sure. I mean, Zach Martin is spectacular i mean one of the best general offensive linemen in the league not even his specific position and it's going to be a big loss because i mean dak prescott is coming back from his catastrophic ankle injury right and then he was dealing with like a side injury and a shoulder injury but apparently he's fine now according to the cowboys but i don't know how much of that i actually believe he's a hundred percent healed or not Knowing Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, I'm sure he would try to play through pretty much anything except a compound fractured ankle. So he's coming back. It's going to be interesting to see how he looks. But even bigger news than that, arguably, is that Ezekiel Elliott looked really bad last year. And I mean, I say really bad. He still had almost a thousand yards, but he had fumble issues. His yards per carry were down. His touchdowns were down. He, He did not look good last year. And he's back with a vengeance. Uh, He lost some weight, so he's a little skinnier now, a little faster now. And he's excited to go back out there and show 
the NFL world and the people who view it that he is still a top 10 running back or arguably one of the best running backs in the league. So I'd say that, you know, Zach Martin being out not only impacts Dak Prescott and his surgically repaired body against one of the best pass rushes in the entire league of the Bucks, but it also affects Ezekiel Elliott, who runs behind him a vast majority of the time he runs the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how much this really affects the Cowboys. I still hope the game is entertaining. I mean, I personally don't think the Cowboys have any shot of winning this game because they had the worst defense last year statistically, and it was one of the worst in Cowboys franchise history. And they're playing Tom Brady, who has the exact same team that he won with last year. So I'd say the chances of Dallas winning before Zach Martin were slim, but now that Zach Martin is out, I don't know. I think it's a huge loss. Hopefully he's only out for one game. If he's out for more than one game, it could spell real trouble for the Cowboys moving forward. Yeah, hopefully. I think it is just like a one game thing for him. Yeah. Um, And like I said, if this game was on Sunday and he wasn't showing any symptoms, then I think that he would be he would be cleared. Um, I think it's a little bit similar to the Jets and the Crowder situation uh, Mm -hmm. where you've got a player who's, you know, he's kind of potentially got the the C word, you know, the disease. And so I think that, you know, and but for him, since his game's on Sunday, you know, he still has a chance to come back, assuming that he's okay. But Yeah, this could be a big loss for the Cowboys, something that I was listening to the other day on uh, local sports radio around in North Carolina is that Zach Martin actually was, um, when he was in for the Cowboys um, last year, it was like he was, their offense was in the, was averaging over four yards a carry, everything from like the mid the mid tier fours to like upper four yards. And when he was out, it was like, back to the three like 3.8 or something so there's obviously um you know and while i don't know every situation you know there's a lot of things that can just depend per per play i i do think though that he is a big loss and you know i think it was ezekiel elliott that said zach martin was the best player on offense for their team and i think i do think though for zeke i think he might be better this year because something that I don't know if people have been talking about much, but you know, he finally this year got him a dietitian, someone to help him um, change his eating habits and really get healthy for this year. So, I mean, I don't really know exactly every reason why he struggled last year. I think there were a lot of things, but maybe having a new diet, someone helping you with that is going to could be a huge difference for him this year. So I guess we'll have to see what he looks like there because he definitely does want to show that he's still he's still a big name running back and that he can still do what he did his first year. So I think it'll be an interesting game. And we'll talk about who we pick to win later on for with all of our week one predictions. But yeah, some interesting stories come out of coming out of this one. For sure. But yeah, so the next topic we got here. I want to talk a little bit about the Bengals and Joe Burrow. So something that Joe Burrow said, he, you know, last year we saw Joe Burrow and he looked like a good rookie. Like he wasn't perfect. 
but neither was their team. No quarterback is, but he looked very good. And he's a definite bright spot for the Bengals as of right now. The city loves him right now, but every one of them just want him to be protected. And so right now, assuming he can get through a full year, I do believe in him. I believe he can be a good quarterback. Will he be the best one out of his class? I don't know. Justin Herbert's looking pretty good. And uh, we'll kind of see how, you know, the rest of the class goes too. But something that he said, which I think shows a little bit of confidence about him is that, well, he seems to be ready right now. And he said, quote, and I quote, I expect to be better. I put in a lot of work this off season that I'm excited to show off as well as all of our guys have. We're a much better football team that has prepared the way we need to and understands how to win games. Now I think I, or understands how to win games now, I think. So I'm excited to put that, put that on tape. So interesting quote there, Chelsea, what, what do you get from this quote from Joe Burrow? I mean, I think it definitely instills confidence in people reading that, especially Bengals fans. I know that they were very excited to get Joe Burrow last year. And when he went down with his season ending injury, it's like the Bengals have suffered so much over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's like, did we really have to put them through that too? (laughs) But we did. And Joe Burrow sustained his injury and they went out and they drafted, you know, they drafted some linemen. They drafted Jamar Chase. They drafted some other guys. So it'll be interesting to see how this team looks. There was a huge discussion during draft time around the Bengals because people were debating. They were like, okay, if you're the Bengals, who do you take? Jamar Chase, who Joe Burrow has specifically asked for and played with in college and had monumental success, or do you take Sewell? You know, arguably the best lineman in the draft out of Oregon. So Sewell ends up going to the Lions, right? The Bengals skip on him, take Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had a horrible training camp. (laughs) He hadn't played in a year, right? Because he took the year off because of COVID. So he didn't play at LSU in his final year before he was drafted. And he, like I said, he did not have a good training camp. He looked bad in his preseason games. He had like four or five drops, I believe, which is not a good look for a rookie, especially, and for someone who Joe Burrow specifically handpicked right? But you have Lions fans on the opposite side saying that Sewell looks terrible. So it's like, maybe you can't really be that salty if you're a Bengals fan. But I mean, I still personally don't get how Bengals management justified not taking a lineman for Joe Burrow in the first round when Joe Burrow literally got injured because he had no lineman. Like, do you just want the same thing to happen again? Like, you got to change something. You know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is the, you know, definition of insanity. So I hope that, you know, the Bengals come out with a better line and they can protect Joe Burrow because I want to see what Joe Burrow can do because we know that he has talent. You know, we know that he can play because we saw him at LSU win that national championship and he looked very good. And that was arguably one of the best college football teams we had ever seen, right? Was that championship winning team out of LSU. So I hope that he has success, but I really hope that the Bengals pull together an offensive line that's actually capable of doing its job, because if they don't, you're going to have a lot of anxious Bengal fans this year. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I, I kind of think maybe what the Bengals were thinking was, let's take Jamar Chase first, and then we'll go get some linemen after. I know we talked a little bit about this last episode, but 
you know, it's still interesting to see that, you know, they did not want to spend a first round pick for a lineman. You know, what does that show? Where are the priorities? And they've also got a couple good receivers there. And so, it's... Oh, no, their receiver room is strong. Mm-hmm. They have Tyler Boyd, Antti Higgins, and mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. I mean, they lost AJ Green, but he was kind of old anyways. So they have a really good receiver room. We'll just see if yeah. they can actually utilize it. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting. And as far as the Jamar Chase struggles, I kind of want to talk just a quick second about that because I think something people may not really think about when it comes to this is, oh, they see Jamar Chase. He's dropping too many balls in in games in preseason. He's dropping. He's struggling in practice to get separation. He's struggling. He's struggling. And some people are probably trying to label this this guy a bust already. Now, here's what I will say. Here's what I'll say. You know, he could. uh, Yes, there's a chance he could be a bust. There's we can't say that's impossible of any of these guys, I think. But here's what I think. You know, sometimes players maybe maybe they are really good their first year. Maybe they just come out of the draft. They come onto a team and they just boom from the start. Right. Like, say, Ezekiel Elliott setting records, doing things other people just can't do. Justin Herbert. Mm hmm. That's Jefferson. So, but my thought is, okay, what if this actually in the long run for Jamar Chase's career is good? What if it teaches him, Hey, if I'm going to be good in this league, it's not going to be like college. I'm going to have to really work at this. And that's something that nobody has questioned at the Bengals facility. They say Jamar Chase is staying after he's working really hard to be a good player and to get over this like rookie slump that he's got right now or that he's been feeling. So I think in the long run, this could potentially be a good thing to teach Jamar and be like, Hey, I I'm not just going to come in here and walk over people. This ain't LSU versus like, I don't know, Mercer or whoever. This is, this is the NFL. Everybody's really good and I've got to work hard at it. So my thought is maybe, maybe it'll show him. All right. I've got to work hard to do this. I'm not saying he didn't know that to begin with, but it's just a thought that I have, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Chelsea? No, I mean, I think that makes sense. I think sometimes you have college players get drafted really high in the draft and they kind of walk in with a sense of entitlement, right? You know, maybe they've had success for their whole college career. They've won national championships. Maybe they've won a Heisman, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm not talking about any specific player from this year. I don't really get that vibe about a lot of the players out of this year's draft, but I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen rookies walk in and think that they're all that and that, you know, they just get to waltz right into a roster spot and then lo and behold, training camp starts and it's like, oh, it's actually not that easy. I'm not entitled to anything because I have a big name or was a five-star recruit or went to IMG Academy or whatever it may be. I mean, in the NFL, you can be the best player and you still have to earn your spot. I mean, I guarantee you that Aaron Donald goes out in training camp and competes against those guys that he is playing with on his team because he still wants to be the best. If you don't have the drive to be the best, eventually you will fall off. You have to have drive to be successful. That's just part of it. So, I mean, I think that Jamar Chase will end up being okay. Like, I think that he's not going to be a bust. His first year might not look like what everyone expected it to, but to say that he's a bust when he hasn't even played an NFL game is just taking a step too far, in my opinion. I can agree with that. And sometimes people, you know, we live in a 
society today that wants instant gratification. You pick that first rounder, they better be a Hall of Famer on day one. And that's just not the case for 90% of players. It's like, but you hear about them all the time. Yeah, you hear about the one or two that do it. Like, but how many yeah, receivers? Out of, out you of know, tens of thousands. <laughs> you know, how many receivers last year drafted, but then Justin Jefferson is the one that has the potential, you know, that, that really great year. It's like one, you know, how, but so we just, we have to calm our expectations. He is a top 10 pick. So there's going to be high expectations whenever you are a first rounder, especially in the top 10. So I'm not saying there shouldn't be, but maybe we just need to hold off on the, he's gone. He's a bust talk. So that's what we think about that. Let us know what you think, you know, comment, um, send us emails, all this, or send us messages on Twitter. Let us know what you think about this situation. So next, let's go ahead and dive into our predictions for week one. So as we mentioned earlier, we've got the Cowboys at the Buccaneers on Thursday night football, which for everyone will be you know, assuming you listen to it on Thursday, it'll be that day. So I personally got the bucks in this game. I just, I mean, judging by last year, which I know we can do a lot and can maybe set the wrong expectation, but judging by last year and judging by the team that the Buccaneers have right now, they look like the team to be in definitely in their division and probably in the NFC. And so I think the Cowboys, they might be okay this year. I'm not saying they'll be bad, but I do think the Bucks, especially at home, are going to take this one. Yeah, I have the Bucks. That I mean, I would be shocked if the Cowboys won this game. Like I think that it could be a competitive game. I could see Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott and that offense going out there and turning it into a shootout against Tom Brady because the offense has talent, but I don't, with Zach Martin being out, I don't foresee the Cowboys being able to win this game. I mean, I'd, I think Tom Brady's going to be 1-0 to start the season, and I don't really think that'll surprise anyone. So yeah, I have the Bucks as well. Dang, man. Dak's first game back from surgery and he goes up against that defensive line without his, you know, big name man or big man, Zach Martin. That's that's hard, but that's tough, but we'll see what happens next game. We got the Cardinals at at the Titans. I'm going to pick the Titans in this one. The new Julio Jones will be showcased this year, and it'll be interesting to see him and A.J. Brown together, two in some ways similar players, but, you know, just monsters when it comes to going downfield fast, great hands, great jumping ability. So I think the Cardinals might struggle against them, and, you know, the Cardinals have, are, I think, going to be a decent team this year they weren't bad last year they'll I think they'll at least be decent to good this year so but I'm going to pick the Titans in this one Titans are at home cards will be good but we'll see what happens yeah I mean I know you normally play the upset card but I'm going to choose the upset this week I'm going to choose oh snap yeah I don't know I have a feeling I think that um, Kyler Murray has a chip on his shoulder after the way the Cardinals ended their year last year And I do think that the Titans will be good. Like, don't get me wrong. They have, you know, (laughs) arguably the best running back in Derrick Henry. They have a two-headed tight end monster or wide receiver monster. They have a decent line, right? 
They don't really have a tight end anymore <laughs> because they lost Johnny Smith and Delaney Walker and everything. And they lost some pieces on defense. Like, I think their defense will still be good and that it'll still be competitive, but I don't think the defense will be as good as last year. And I think that Kyler Murray can go out there and easily throw up 35 plus points. And if I was going to pick Kyler Murray versus Ryan Tannehill in a shootout, I'd say the Titans aren't really built to win a shootout. You know, they run 35 times with Derrick Henry down your throat and get 300 yards. And then, you know, Tannehill throws for 200 yards and a touchdown and then they win, you know, it's like 30 to zero. That's how they do it. But I mean, if the Cardinals get off to a fast start and Kyler Murray throws a couple of touchdowns in the first half, I don't know. I could see the Cardinals taking this one, but they're going to have to start fast and their defense is going to have to show up, especially against those wide receivers and against Derrick Henry. They have JJ Watt now who I know is a little old and, you know, a little, you know, maybe a little overrated now, but he is still JJ Watt. And I do think if he plays, he'll make an impact. So yeah, I got the cards. I don't know. I have a feeling I pick Kyler Murray over Ryan Tannehill in a shootout. So. All right. I can see either of these teams taking this one. So next we've got the Jaguars at the Texans. I'm going to go with the Jaguars here. I don't really have much to say over this, but other than the Texans, there's a lot going on over there right now for them. And I really just think that if, I mean, if they end up good this year, great, but it's going to be hard to be really good when you've got so many media and off the field distractions that we won't even get into. Everybody knows about it. Now the Jaguars are building something young and, you know, with their man, Trevor Lawrence trying to, and a new coach and, you know, pretty much revamping the team. I don't know if they'll be very good this year, but I think they can take this game playing the Texans. Oh yeah. I mean, I have the Jags also beating the Texans because it's the Texans. I don't really feel like I have to give much more explanation. A shout out to me for having James Robinson in my fantasy league and rip to Travis Etienne truly for hurting his foot and being out for the year. That sucks. I'm sure he and Trevor were really excited to play together as rookies. Now they won't be able to, which is terrible. But on the plus side, I have James Robinson in my fantasy leagues. So more points for me. All right. I guess we'll see. Next, we've got Vikings at Bengals. I'm going to pick the Bengals on this one. I feel like the Vikings are kind of unknown. They could be good this year. They were like, okay, you know, last year, especially, you know, with guys like Justin Jefferson. Um, they've got some good pieces. So I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I think the Bengals, they really are motivated. Uh, this is kind of probably definitely the, the upset pick. But, you know, let's see, you know, is Joe, Bur maybe Joe Burrow just convinced me after we read that quote, after we got all that together, maybe he's convinced me that, you know what, they can do well this year. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Yeah. So I'm going to pick the pick that makes sense and pick the Vikings. I, <laughs> I don't foresee the Bengals being able to stop Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook at the same time. They could realistically stop one, but stopping two, I think, will be too much. I do think that Joe will have a good day, though. I think he'll rival Kirk Cousins in stats. But I do think the Bengals will lose, so I'm going to go with the Vikings. And I'm going to be really salty next week if the Bengals win this game. And then Chris is going to be like, you know who I picked last week? <laughs> the Bengals. Just saying. Maybe you that know quote what has pick swayed makes me. Sense? <laughs> the Bengals. That's right. 
All right. Next Seahawks at Colts. I had to think about this one for a minute. Like I had to some like most of the time when I pick these things, like you don't have to think super hard. I mean, or at least for me, I don't like think I don't have to analyze each bit, but I had to analyze like quite a bit and think about this one. So the Seahawks at the Colts. This this one came down to quarterback for me. Because, but to be honest, I'm not one of those people that's completely sold on the Seahawks. I'm not saying that I'm not sold. Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. Of course, I'm sold on that. But it's just, you look at last year and just how their offense fell to pieces whenever they let Russ cook, you know, and then he burned down the whole kitchen. Like that's, you know, that was the movement and they let it happen and it went horribly wrong for them. So I'm not saying that it will this year. Um, but we'll see. I just think, though, I this is kind of a toss-up in my opinion. So I went with the Seahawks. So not to fight you on this, Chelsea, picking against the Colts. But to me, this is kind of a coin toss. I have no idea who's going to win this one, but I'm picking the Seahawks. Honestly, I won't really fight anyone over this game because as I espoused two weeks ago in my rant about our mystery hot take, whom I still haven't figured out who submitted that, um, I said very loudly and angrily that the Colts never win their first game. Historically speaking, over the last 20 years, they never have. And I don't think that they will win this game. Um, luckily, Carson Wentz will be playing, as will Quentin Nelson, as far as I know, on this Wednesday, which is good. Carson Wentz was obviously hurt. He didn't get as many reps. I don't know if that will affect the game or not. But if it did, it wouldn't surprise me. Also, I'm pretty sure Eric Fisher is not playing in this game. And the Viking, not the Vikings, the Seahawks have a pretty decent D-line. So I could see that making an impact. Um, I definitely think that if Carson Wentz pulls his crap together, that this could be a high-scoring game. Because Russell Wilson is going to put up points. That I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's going to put up points. It's going to come down to the defense, whether or not it's going to be touchdowns or it's going to be field goals. Because if we hold Russell Wilson to two touchdowns and three field goals, I mean, we could realistically beat him. But it's going to come down to our defense and Carson Wentz, I think. I think Jonathan Taylor will have a good day. I think Pittman will have a good day. I think generally speaking, the O-line will have a good day. It's just going to come down to if Carson Wentz is actually good now and if we can hold the Seahawks to field goals. I do think that both of those things will happen, but I don't think we'll be able to put up enough points in the end to beat the Seahawks. So I am surprisingly also going to beat the Seahawks. As I have said before, no one can call me biased because I'm not picking my own team. So there. Look at that. Going above the bias. We love to see it. Got to take the high road. All right. So next is the Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. I personally am going to go with the Bills, assuming that they can continue what they were doing last year and make another deep playoff run. I think they'll be good this year, assuming Josh Allen can be as good as he was last year. I mean, the reality is, most likely he's not going to be quite that good. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not possible at all, but to sustain those kind of numbers, that's tough. So we'll see if he's quite as good as he was last year. He could be. He's got all the talents, the assets, the players, the coaches. He's got the team to do it, but we'll see. But as far as beating the Steelers, 
I'm going to be honest. The Steelers could be good this year. Mike Tomlin rarely has a bad team, but they did lose a lot of pieces last year. Now, or this past off season. Now you could say, well, while they started out 11 and 0 or started and they ended the season one and five. So maybe losing those pieces wasn't necessarily a bad thing. I don't know. We'll just see what happens, but I'm going to go with the bills on this one. As I argued previously in um, the Cardinals Titans matchup, who would I pick in a shootout, right? I would obviously pick Josh Allen over Ben Roethlisberger. I do think that both have good defenses, though, so it wouldn't surprise me if this game wasn't super high scoring. But I'm also going to go with the Bills. Um, I would pick Josh Allen over Roethlisberger, um, just generally speaking, in quarterback play. Um, It'll be interesting to see if the Bills can actually sustain a run game this year because that's really what killed them last year was just not being able to run the ball consistently. So I hope that that is the case. Um, It's going to come down to quarterback play, and it's going to come down to the Steelers' O-line. A few weeks ago, we discussed what the Steelers' O-line looks like now. There is not a single name on the O-line from last year that is on this year's O-line. And let's be honest, it looks tough, dude. The O-line looks rough. And as I discussed previously, it'll be interesting to see how the O-line impacts Najee Harris, right? Because Najee Harris played at Alabama behind arguably one of the best offensive lines in college football for the entire time that he was there. So going from that to obviously you're in the NFL, so players in the NFL are going to be better than players in college. Not saying that these guys aren't good. But when you're used to the best and you go to the worst, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts him. But because of those two things, I am going to go with the Bills. I think that Josh Allen will have a great day and that Ben Roethlisberger will throw an interception. All right, next we've got 49ers at Lions. I'm going to go with the 49ers on this. I think they're, they could be a decent team. I think we'll have to see, you know, when, if they want to start Trey Lance this year. But even if they have Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that he's a solid enough quarterback to, get a win out of the lions assuming you know no injuries or anything so we're just gonna have to see but i i think that the 49ers i'm taking them on this game yeah i'm also gonna go with the 49ers because the lions are going to be bad again um i hope that jared goff isn't bad and that he has a career resurgence in detroit but I'm going to pick the Niners. I know they still haven't decided who their starting quarterback is going to be. So that will be, at least speaking on Wednesday, they haven't decided. They very well might decide tomorrow um, when this episode comes out. But I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think regardless of who the quarterback is, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, I think that they will topple the Lions and that, honestly, that the Lions won't have much to say about it because pretty much every good offensive piece that they have left in free agency. So... <laughs> Yikes. Well, either way, next game, we've got Chargers at Washington. Now, the Chargers were interesting being last year that they were in a lot of close games, but never won any. Washington, while they weren't in a great division by any stretch of the imagination, I would say and argue by the end of the year, they were a good football team. They were not easy for Tampa to beat in that playoff game. So I'm going to pick Washington in this. I think Rivera, he's got something cooking over there, you know? So he's got everything from Chase Young to the new free agency edition of Curtis Samuel. You know, we've got 
you know, the quarterback situation they'll have to figure out in the future, but I think they're a good enough team to beat the Chargers. Um, so for this one, I am going to pick the opposite. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I do think that this game has the real potential to be low scoring just because of how good that Washington defense is. I mean, like you were saying, they were not in a good division last year by any stretch of the imagination, but that defense is legit for real. But I'm going to pick the Chargers because of Washington's offense. When you have Ryan Fitzpatrick leading your offense, that doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence in me. Not that he's necessarily a bad quarterback, but again, if I'm going to pick a quarterback, I'm going to pick Justin Herbert. It's just no disrespect to the to Fitz Magic. That's just who I'm going to go with. Um, I think that the Chargers have the potential to be a playoff team this year. I don't necessarily know if they will make it because I think that the AFC is pretty loaded this year and the Chargers just might not have enough general talent to sneak in a wild card quite yet. But wouldn't surprise me if they did. Uh, you got a couple good players on defense coming back after not playing last year. You got Justin Herbert. You have um, some good gadget guys. So, I mean, I think that the Chargers will pull this out, but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't an offensive heavy game. All right, next we've got Jets at Panthers. I'm going to pick the Panthers. I think that they've got – I think that they've got just – a better skill player set guys like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Um, they've got, you know, we'll see. It's the big game, you know, Sam Darnold playing his own old team and playing against Zach Wilson, the guy that, you know, now has his old spot. So, but I do think the jets are fairly new. Zach Wilson, his first game, it might be tough for him to adjust. And so, and I think the Panthers have add a, added a lot of different players onto their teams since last year. So while I'm not sure how good they'll be this year, I'm going to pick them to take this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. Um, I think they have a generally better team than the Jets with, you know, Ryan Burns and uh, Brown on defense, Jeremy Chin, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and I mean, even arguably Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU, who looked really good in preseason. So it's going to be a battle of the quarterbacks, right? It's going to be Sam Darnold versus uh, the team that basically birthed him, right? Versus the guy who replaced him, essentially. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pick the Panthers. I could see it not being a pretty game. <laughs> I think both quarterbacks could have rough first games, you know, fumbles, interceptions, stuff like that. But I do think that their offense is just a lot better than the Jets offense. And when you have Christian McCaffrey, who's arguably the best, one of the best players in the league, I mean, I'm not going to argue against Christian McCaffrey, especially when he's playing the Jets, which are currently a bottom feeder. So I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. Next, we've got Eagles at Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons on this one. The Eagles, I'm not really sure where they're going exactly. You know, I know they traded to get Gardner Minshew, and, but they have Jalen Hurts, who looked like he could be the starter, who looked like the guy to go to. And I, I'm not sure if they really know where they want to go, especially last year. It, it just seemed like, you know, after – like last year was maybe their last attempt to win with Wentz, but now they're kind of in that rebuilding phase. And 
the Falcons, I mean, judging by their draft pick of taking the tight end Kyle Pitts, they believe this is their one one last shot. I think they think this is one last shot to get give Matt Ryan the keys to the offense and just go make something happen. So we'll see, but I think the Falcons will take this game. Yeah, so I'm going to pick the upset here. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Don't ask me why. I just, I don't know. I have a feeling. I think Devontae Smith is going to show why he is a worthy Heisman winner, capable of producing in the NFL. I think that the defense will not be as horrible as people expect it to be. Not saying it will be good. I just don't think it'll be as bad as people are thinking. Um, as for the Falcons, they definitely have some talent on offense. I mean, you have Matt Ryan, who is always a perennial solid starting quarterback, which is something that you need to survive in the league, right? They have Mike Davis as their starting running back, which a lot of people are going to go, who the heck is Mike Davis and why is he their starter? If you are a Panthers fan, you know who Mike Davis is. Mike Davis carried the running game in Cal. California in Carolina last year when Christian McCaffrey was out for the vast majority of the year. And honestly, he didn't look that bad. And the Panthers O-line was stinky. So I could see him having a good game. Obviously you have Kyle Pitts who was taken, who they clearly believe is, you know, one of the best tight end talents out of the draft that we've seen in X amount of years. And do not forget about Calvin Ridley. I understand that Julio is gone and that Julio, when he is healthy and on, is a top five receiver, but Calvin Ridley went off last year, and he can he has every characteristic to be a wide receiver one for a lot of teams, including Atlanta. So I think that he'll have a good game, that he's a really solid guy that he developed really well out of college, and that he's going to be carrying that offense, at least on the receiver end. But I still have the Eagles. I don't know. I just have a feeling. Shout out to Kyle for uh, being an Eagles fan. I'm, I'm picking your Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, maybe he'll appreciate that. But next, this will be a good game, I think. Browns at Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one, although I do think the Browns are legit potential contenders for the AFC this year. I don't know if they'll actually beat the Chiefs. Who knows? But I think this could be a close game, and I think the Browns want some revenge after that AFC championship last year. So I'm going to take the, the Chiefs on this one. I still think they are the better team. It's at home, and you know they obviously – I think they also want to spring back. I don't think they'll really have too much of a Super Bowl hangover after losing last year. It may be difficult for them, you know – but we'll see. Patrick Mahomes is still himself. And so I'm going to pick them, but I do think this could be a good game. Oh, no, I think this will be one of the must watch games of the weekend. This is going to be a fun game. And I completely agree with you. I mean, I think that the Browns are a Super Bowl contender and there have been arguments that the Browns are built to beat the Chiefs, right? They have a strong pass defense. They have arguably two top 10 running backs, so they can not only try to defend Patrick Mahomes in the past game, but they can run all over the Chiefs. But I'm still going to pick the Chiefs in this game. I mean, I think the Chiefs are still better, but that is no disrespect 
to the Browns. Like, I think the Browns are a really good team. And I think if the Browns get hot at the right time, that they can make a Super Bowl run if Baker Mayfield makes the leap. If he turns into a 45 touchdown, 10 interception quarterback this year, I think it's very possible. But I still have the Chiefs, but I could see this game being a shootout. This one's going to be fun. Yep, we'll see. It could be very much so. Next, we've got Packers at Saints. Saints without Drew Brees for the first so time. So weird, dude. I know. It's like been forever. It's like the so. Colts without Peyton Manning or the Patriots without Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's just wild to think we're in a whole new generation of football now. So I think it's going to be, though, the Packers. They are going to take this game. I think they they've still got their guy you know Aaron Rodgers they've still got at least a great for one offense. more year <laughs> yeah at least so we'll see um but I think the Saints I think they could still be good this year they might even be better with Winston who knows it'll depend on if he can get that turnover ratio down but still keep that offense moving you know if he can get those yards and touchdowns he was throwing without the picks in there then then they could be pretty good if not better than last year but We'll see. The Saints also didn't have like any money for the offseason this year. They were they were broke when it came to cap space. So they haven't really signed anybody new, but they didn't really lose many pieces either. So they've got a lot of the same team have a very good defense, assuming that it carries over from last year. But I'm still going to take the Packers from this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers in this one. But I do think that Jameis Winston has the potential to actually be good if he can cut down his interceptions. Like when he threw 30-30 for the Bucks, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks, if he even cut his interceptions down to 15, I mean, 15 is still not great. But if you cut that number in half, I mean, that's a 2-1 ratio. That's not terrible. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's better than, you know, every backup in the league. So, I mean, if he can cut that down, I think that he has a chance to actually stake his claim in New Orleans and be the guy there for a while. Uh, It really sucks that they lost Michael Thomas to an injury for the first, what, four to six weeks of the season or something like that. I believe he's on IR, so I think it's six weeks, but don't quote me. Um, Because Michael Thomas just decided to get surgery at the end of preseason instead of right after the season ended which is unbeknownst to me. I don't know why you don't just get the surgery early so you can come back and play when the season starts, but it is what it is. I mean, you still have talented guys on that offense. You still have a decent O-line. You still have um, Taysom Hill, the gadget guy, right? You have Kamara, you have a good defense. So, I mean, it's not like that team completely fell apart without Drew Brees, but I mean, you take Drew Brees out of there and it's just not going to look or feel the same, which, you know, might end up being in the favor of the Saints. You know, maybe they'll have more of a downfield passing game now. I mean, Drew Brees was not renowned for his arm strength, but Jameis Winston is. So this offense could look way different in the passing game without Drew Brees there. But ultimately, I don't think they're going to be as good. And I do think that the Packers are going to beat them again. It's the battle of the quarterbacks. Who would you pick Jameis Winston or the reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers? I, I can't go against Rodgers in this one. I agree with you on that. So we both picked the Packers for that. Got about four more games here left. So let's get let's get it. Broncos at Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants. I think they have a good defense. I don't really know how the Broncos are going to be this year. We could see how it goes. But if Daniel Jones, you know, this is the year he's got to put it together, in my opinion. Like, 
I think, you know, I put something out on the Twitter recently about Daniel Jones and saying, like, is this the year he's got to do it? In my opinion, yeah. He's got the weapons. He's got the defense. He's got a lot of things they're giving to him. They are they are feeding this man you know, things for him to have so he can be useful, so he can do things, so he can show promise. So if he doesn't get it together this year, I think he's out. But if he does get it together, even in this game, I think they take it over the Broncos. Yeah, so I'm actually going to pick the upset in this one, too. I'm going to go with the Broncos, even though it is at New York. I know that the Broncos are not really known for their quarterback strength currently. I mean, their competition was between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, which are typically known to be bridge guys. No pun intended. But Teddy Bridgewater looked really good in the preseason. And he won the job away from the presumed starter in Drew Locke. Um, their defense is solid. People overlook the Broncos because they don't have a quarterback. But if you look at their roster, their roster is not bad. I mean, they have a solid tight end in Fant. They have solid wide receivers. Their O-line, I mean, is mediocre. But if you're talking about position players, I mean, they have a good running back, a solid one. And they have a rookie who they took out of UNC who went off last year, who could really, you know, stamp his seal on this team. I mean, I don't think that the Broncos are a bad team. They are one good quarterback, above average quarterback away from making a playoff run. And I don't think that they'll make it this year just because the AFC is so loaded, but I don't think that they're a bad team. Again, battle of the quarterbacks. I don't really feel any which way about (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater versus um, Mr. Duke. So I don't really feel any which way, but I do agree with you, Chris. I think that this is the year that Daniel Jones has to pull it together. Really, it should have been last year. But with COVID and everything, and they didn't lost some players on offense, didn't have Saquon, right? You couldn't really see what Daniel Jones was truly capable of because the rest of his team got injured or opted out or got hurt or, you know, whatever it may be. But he has no excuses this year. They improved his O-line. He has a really good receiver room. He has a solid tight end. He has arguably a top five running back when healthy. His defense is really not that bad. So this is the year. For Daniel Jones to put it together and win the NFC East. And if Daniel Jones sucks it up this year and just is not good, he's he's going to be done. I mean, the Giants are going to be bad enough to be able to take a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Daniel Jones, I don't want Daniel Jones to turn to the next Josh Rosen, right? I mean, who thought that Josh Rosen wouldn't end up being good and would end up on the practice squad of whatever team he's on now? I mean, talk about a fall from glory. And I just really don't want that for Daniel Jones. So I really hope he pulls it together this year. But I don't think it'll be in this game. I think that the Broncos are going to take this game. And I think it's going to surprise some people. And honestly, it'll probably surprise me a little too because of the Broncos. But I don't know. I have a feeling. All right. Yep. This is the time for the Giants. So we'll really see if they're going to be a big playoff contender or they're just going to be average or not very good. So next game we've got here, Dolphins at Patriots. I'm going to pick the Dolphins on this one. I think that their team was good last year. Even though not making the playoffs, they were able to get double-digit 10-win seasons. So I think that they will improve from last year. I think that potentially, you know, we'll see how the Patriots are with Mac Jones. Not sure yet. He looked all right in preseason, So, and he's probably going to be the starter. So... 
I mean, without Cam Newton there and stuff. So we'll see. I think, though, that the Dolphins are going to take this one. See, I think the Dolphins are another overlooked team, right? Because you had the struggles of Tua last year. Brian Flores would put Tua in and then Tua would make a mistake and he'd be like, LOL, never mind. We're trying to make the playoffs. And then he'd throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in there and then they would somehow win the game. There's no Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. There's really no cushion at all. Like it's Tua or bust. This team is going to hinge on Tua no matter how good the rest of the players are. I mean, they went out, they got Jalen Waddle, right? So they got that improvement for their receivers and they have a solid team. Their defense is pretty good. I mean, last year it wasn't terrible, but I think as much as it pains me as a Colts fan, I think that people are overlooking the Patriots because they were bad last year and because Cam Newton just didn't look good. And people forget that literally two thirds of their defense opted out last year because of COVID. So everyone that was playing was basically a second or third stringer. They have everyone back this year. And Bill Belichick spent the most money in free agency that he has ever spent in his coaching career ever. It's like over a hundred million dollars in guaranteed money that he, you know, devied out to various players. That team is, is not a bad team. I mean, last year they were not good, but this year with getting everyone back with Mac Jones, I mean, you have two solid tight ends. Their wide receiver room is a little sus, but with those tight ends, if they can stay healthy, that'll make up for it. I mean, their O-line is okay. Uh, it's pretty good. It's not the best one, but it's pretty good. Um, you know, they got good running backs and they have a, an underlooked defense. I mean, it's not the strongest defense. It's not the Rams or the Bucks by any stretch, but I mean, they have some guys on that defense and they have JC Jackson who had the most interceptions last year and no one even talks about him. Like everyone talks about Stephon Gilmore and no one talks about JC Jackson, even though he was arguably better in some statistically statistical categories. So as much as it pains me, I am going to pick the Patriots, but I hope that Tua actually does pull it together this year because I don't think anyone wants to see him fail like we want to see him succeed we want to see him come in and you know be able to read the playbook and everything so I wish him all the success in the world but unfortunately I have to take the Patriots in this game that's a fair pick and a fair point to bring up the fact that the Patriots did have a lot of people out last year so we'll see how that game goes down Sunday night game we've got the Bears at the Rams I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. I think the Bears are still putting things together. I don't believe Justin Fields will start in this game. So, you know, they're definitely not going to have a completely revamped op offense with Andy Dalton back there, at least in my opinion. It probably won't happen. But the Rams are trying to push for a Super Bowl this year, and I think they're going to get a week one win to start out the season. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take Aaron Donald over Andy Dalton. Um, I don't really feel like I need to say much more than that. So that's what I got. Fair enough. Short and to the point. So for our last game, Monday night, Ravens at Raiders. So I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. Last year, the Ravens were pretty good and they made the second round of the playoffs. Just came short, but or in that very, I believe it was a very windy game against the Bills or something like that, where it was like a super low scoring game. Um, the Ravens, I think they want to, they want to get things better. They want to, I think that Lamar could be a better quarterback this year as far as throwing the ball. We'll, we'll just see. I think they're still going to be a run heavy team. 
But judging off of last year, especially since this is week one, so we really don't know what these teams are made of, I'm going to pick the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Ravens too, but we have to keep in mind the Ravens lost two running backs to season-ending injuries, right? They lost J.K. Dobbins, who was probably going to be their starter, right? And they still have Gus, the bus, right? So he's still going off. But they lost their third-string guy too, which, I mean, obviously you have Lamar Jackson, so you're not going to completely go one-dimensional losing those two guys. But that hurts, especially for a team that is based around running the ball Losing your first and third string guys, that's tough and that sucks. And because of that, they went out and signed Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad. Who would have thought? Talk about someone who had a fall from glory. I mean, being arguably the best running back in the league a few years ago with the Steelers to somehow ending up on a practice squad. I don't think anyone from a few years ago would be like, yes, you know what I think is going to happen? Le'Veon Bell's going to be on the Ravens practice squad. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that was going to happen. I do think that he will get promoted, though, to the roster. And I do think that he could potentially cut in to Gus the Bus's carries. So if you have a free spot in your fantasy league, add Le'Veon Bell, because why not? But yeah, I have the Ravens. Um, I don't think the Raiders are going to be that good. And I think the Ravens will be good. So therefore, I'm going to pick the Ravens. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. So next week, we'll get into all of that and discuss how we did. Or we'll we'll go over the score, I guess. And so I think that's all we've got for this week's episode. So Chelsea, do you mind closing us out? Yeah, let's do it. So thanks for listening, guys. Tune back in next Wednesday for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LC football underscore and on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at launch codes football. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next week. All right. See you guys. See ya.